Welcome to the HU Pirateship Podcast. Welcome to the HU Pirateship Podcast. You can find us at www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the pirates. It's episode 130, it's episode 38, and I'm your host, Big Reap, along with Hampton Knight from the HU Pirateship. Man, the pirates lost to uh, South Carolina State, Hampton Knight. How you feeling about that? But how are you feeling more importantly about that uh, Lady Pirates win over UNC in Chapel Hill? Well, I will just say this, um, since this is still football season, um, losing to South Carolina State in Orangeburg, you know, is something that, you know, I would say, well, winning in Orangeburg is always hard to do. And um, since we're still in football season, you know, football mode, you know, I'll stay with that first. You know, I feel feel horrible about it, but, you know, I mean, Orangeburg, if if you anybody has been down there, is a very tough tough place to win. So, I'm not going to say I, I didn't expect it. If we, if you heard the last podcast, I did expect to win, but it was a blowout. It was an ugly game, so I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> but um, just looking at the Lady Pirates beat on UNC, you know, I watched that game. You were at that game, and that game was amazing. And I'm just ex- I'm just very excited about that game and uh, just excited just to see the girls just win and Jeffany Brown. So, you know, it's a good week. You know, it's a little melancholy due to the fact that we did lose to the Bulldogs. But, you know, we're we're here. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. So, yeah, on the show, we, we will definitely get into the Lady Pirates' big win over UNC. Uh, we'll briefly touch on that South Carolina State loss. And then we'll go through the whole MEAC um Standings, uh, go through the scoreboard, uh, go through the standings, talk about next week's schedule, and then we'll go into the battle for the real HU, talk about that game, and then touch on the Pirates men's basketball and then give some shout outs. So a lot of stuff going on, so let's get right to it. So as Hampton Knight uh, said, I was there for that UNC uh, Lady Pirate uh, basketball game last Friday. I mean, the Lady Pirates won 70 to 66. Um, so that's pretty historic. So, you know, we actually, we're probably one of the only small programs to actually have the men and women both win in <laughs> Chapel Hill. Because remember, the men also won their early 2000s with uh, Hairston and crew. So, um, you know, we, we're not afraid to go in there and win. It was a, actually a great game, a well-played game. Um, Pirates took the lead early, was up seven after first quarter. And we're up five. Is it five? Yeah, up five at halftime. So um, they were playing extremely well. And then UNC made a run in the third quarter. Uh, actually took the lead. But then, um, fourth quarter, the Pirates started playing defense and hitting shots. And, and, and they actually took over the game and, and, and won. Um, it wasn't even, it, it wasn't a fluke. It was actually a, a victory. And that was pretty cool to watch. I mean, you could see that. Uh, the Lady Pirates were more athletic, actually, than than UNC, believe it or not. Um, they beat them to the punch. Um, they could not take them off the dribble and uh, put a lot of pressure on them, force them to hit shots. UNC to miss shots that they normally miss. So it was a, a great game for all four of us Pirates who were there. <laughs> but a lot of people were watching online because I was getting a lot of, a lot of um, texts and, and stuff like that from people who are watching the game. So it was great, man. So just a couple standouts from the game. So the whole team played well. Um, but Jeffany Brown, man, she's my favorite player, man. I mean, she's she was uh, took her all of last year to get healthy. And then we I saw her for the first time really in that Duke game in person. And I was like, man, even though we got blowed out, she uh, represented. So she did the same thing against UNC. Just the glue player, hustle. I mean, she can shoot, score inside, break you down. She can cover all five positions. I mean, she she is an impressive player. Um, 
also uh Manjay of uh, Finney Smith, um, man, she got hot. Um, she went uh, seven for twelve from three point uh, land, and um, just a nice little inside out game. And she actually is what uh, propelled the Pirates to take over in the second half. And then the Pirates have a new player, Alina Star or Aliana Star. Um, she's a transfer from Auburn and Minnesota, so she played in two spots, but she's now a Pirate, and she's just nice, man. She almost had a triple double. She did everything. And um, it was just nice, a nice victory. So it was good, man. Good, you know. A lot of times the small teams wilt, but the Pirates did not, and they got that nice victory. The crowd was stunned, and uh, all four of us there were, were were happy and taking pictures and all kind of stuff. So, but you were watching on TV, man. Did you, did you see anything that stood out from that game here tonight? Well, you know what? Just when you get, I guess I would say, an over-the-top view, you know, it felt like the later Pirates were a lot faster, you know, on the court um, as compared to the UNC Tar Heels. You know, normally you would see the actual opposite, where you would see a, a bigger guards, and you know, the bigger guards would be more athletic and they would be stronger, and they would be able to penetrate a lot deeper, you know. But this one thing I will say this year is that. David Six recruited that guard, Alina Starr, and, uh, you know, even though she is a transfer from Auburn and Minnesota, she is six foot one. That is something you rare, rarely see in, I would say, MIAC basketball. You know, normally our guards are, I would say, <laughs> like 5'3", five, 5'4", five, you know, 5'5". Five, five. You're lucky to get someone over 5'8". Right. And she uh, played extremely well. And, of course, you know, we got to talk about Jeffrey Brown, you know, the senior out of D.C. And, you know, she is, I would say, I would say is the soul of the team. Because, you know, she's a senior. She out-hustled everything. You know, she she was great penetrating and dishing out. And, you know, she got a lot of hustle plays. But lastly, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and give a shout-out to Monet fin- Finney-Smith, you know. <laughs> oh my Actually, God. Hey, one thing happened tonight, so I finally yeah. figured out how to pronounce it. It was Manjay. Manjay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I always called her Monet. Yeah, me know, too, I, man. I didn't want to disrespect you. Sorry, <laughs> Manjay, you know. But, you know... Um, um, you really seven for what twelve for three pointers? You know, I don't think Steph Curry could hit like that. <laughs> I mean, under those circumstances, you know, and you know, I was just extremely proud of the team. And you know, I think that you know, I don't, I do think that the crowd was stunned. But as I think the game wore on, they really um Hampton you know, held their will against that program. And so my first thought was just like, okay, we can win this game. When we were up almost, what, 10? I was like, I didn't think we were going to blow them away because they're such a good team. This is not like we're playing Delaware State or Coppin State, you know. We basically had our throat on them. And my first thought was like, okay, if we hold on and just hold out for the next, I would say, 10 to 15 uh, minutes, we got it. And we did. Good job. Yep, excellent. So, nice start for the Lady Pirates. It's going to get more difficult because now everybody's going to bring their A game. Um, so, they're going to have to step it up. They just got to stay healthy. They don't have a deep bench. Um, um, but if they can stay healthy, the, the sky is the limit for this team. Um, so, yeah, definitely great opener. So, that's the good news. The bad news, man, the football team. Holy cow. So, they've <laughs> lost <laughs> three in a row. They dropped their third straight, and they're probably the worst game of the season, even worse than Ohio game, uh, to South Carolina State this weekend. Um, just a complete beatdown. I don't even have a final score in that game. What was the final score? Um, normally, you do oh better than God. that. <laughs> That's how you much of an afterthought that they was. Man. It was like 33-14. You know, it just wasn't even – like, literally, I had my son the whole game, and – when normally I would just check Twitter or you know just uh, or just look on the uh, the Hampton uh, app just to see getting an update. And once I saw it was what uh, sixteen nothing, I was like, oh, we're not coming back. No. You know, it, I had a different feeling from uh, you know I would say the Bethune Cookman game where I think they were up fourteen seven or fourteen nothing. I was like, oh, we'll come back, you know, because I, I felt that we had the had enough chutzpah after you know beating FAMU, thinking that, okay, you know, this is a different team. But, you know, I mean, this is – I mean, we play Bethune um, close. We play Central close. But once I saw that uh, South Carolina State was up 
at the half and we didn't score any points, I knew it was over. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a wrap. It was. I, I caught some of it. Um, it, it was a terrible game. Um, I don't know what happened to the Pirates. Uh, but let's break it down a little bit. The good, man, there's only one high note from this game that I saw, and that was Raheem Husky again. He had a career high of 14 tackles, 13 solo tackles, including two tackles for loss and three forced fumbles. So I don't know if he can play better than, than what he did against South Carolina State. Um, the bad, man. So the bad, Delmont had more rushing attempts than both Yaki and Shy. I don't know what the heck that is about, but that's insane. They had, from the time that I was uh, listening, they had at least two punt miscues that led to points uh gave south carolina state good field position and they just got punched in the mouth man i mean it was it was so bad i was watching the highlights from i think south carolina state man so at some point in time and ended and during the game south carolina state's players their cues were stepping on the sideline <laughs> doing the whole cute thing right so of course buddy Pew came over Get out of here. Break it up. Break it up. There's a game to play. Get on. You know, but they had enough. They were having so much fun kicking butt that they were over there stepping and not even worried about the game. So that that's how much of a butt kicking it was. Uh, it was an embarrassing thing to, to see. Uh, I don't know what that was about, but, man, that was bad. So anything else about this game here tonight <laughs> that well, you want to touch upon? Well, only thing I'm going to say is uh, the good to me is the fact that Raheem Husky is a junior and he'll be back next year. We yeah. definitely and desperately need him. Um, the fact is that Shai and Yaki, of course, could not get any push off the line, you know, any help from the offensive line, you know, that to me uh, is, you know, that was a huge problem. And, of course, special teams play. Hunting blunders. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, this is something we knew about, and you know, we are not surprised, and we're going to continue to never, um, always, never be surprised by these. And you know, as far as uh, the uh, the Omega Sci-Fi uh, Bulldogs on the sideline dancing, you know, uh, I don't know if you've noticed uh, the past three weeks. Uh, there have been some Hampton players doing that too, you know, the defensive linemen and I guess the a couple of the cornerbacks, you know, um, were it, during the, during the game. During the game, yeah. I well, I would say this is probably after the game. And Damn, like we were lo- we were losing. Thank <laughs> you. Why we losing? <laughs> Thank you. And and they were doing it actually in a parking lot at homecoming. I saw I mean, that. At least they won that. Saw game. that. Yeah, they won that game, you know, but at the end of the day, I mean, I mean, you know, these kids, these are they're young, youthful exuberance. So but as far as South Carolina State did it, no, I don't feel disrespected. My whole thing is that uh, you should stop them. You know, we didn't. And they party. Trust me, if we were doing the same thing, too, we would not care. Yeah, you know, and and the one part I've watched some of this game, I think I watched some of it and. There was like a microcosm of, of kind of the year for the Pirates. So they had uh, Central, they had um, South Carolina State down at the goal line. They were going in for the score, and the defense actually stopped them and stopped. And then Obasui was like a third down or either third or fourth down, sacked them, took them back and where they wouldn't try to run it. It must have been on third down where they wouldn't try and go for the touchdown. And then the man gets a taunting penalty. And, and then they get first to goal and, like, score the next play. So isn't, like, he a, isn't that young man a senior? Yeah, mm. man. I mean, yeah. he's had some two personal fouls on the yeah. same drive before. So yeah. he's, he's exuber- his exuberance sometimes overcomes him. Yeah. But that was a, a just yeah. a microcosm of, of what the season has yeah. devolved into. So. Love that leadership. Yeah, it's great, man. Sen- yeah, he's a senior too, right? God, Senior, I mean, hey, we're gonna miss them, but at the same time, we're not gonna miss undisciplined play. Yeah, that's true, man. So Hamptonite, man, after this game, you know, people pretty dejected all across Pirate Land. So I'm, you know, I know on Miac fans, this is a popular, uh, you know, thread about, 
you know, Maynard's status for next year. But honestly, before that thread, I mean, I'm hearing a lot of Pirates talk about, you know, will Maynard be back? Should he be back? I think it's a little early for those talks. But um, I just wanted to, like, get your thought. I mean, here's my thoughts on Maynard. Like, I really don't care whether he comes back or not because I think there are some structural issues that need to be resolved. If they mm-hmm. do, if he doesn't come back, he will be the fourth coach post-Taylor. Um, so at some point in time, it's not really the coach. I mean, it's, I mean, the coach has some coaches have flaws, but there are some systemic things that need to be resolved. But I mean, I still think Mater got it. There's something just missing here because I remember watching those Winston-Salem state games, like on ESPN, where they running through the playoffs. I mean, his teams were poised. They finished strong. They fought back. They adjusted. They did everything that you had to do to get to a Division Two championship. I mean, and once you get a championship game, I mean, those aren't slouches. Those are good teams who are making preparations, adjusting, and doing everything that you would see like a CAA team do. So as we were watching Maynard do that in the play, I was like, yo, well, yo we need that guy. Um, so I'm, I'm like, yo, if he can't work with him, what? the heck is going on with the the program as a whole so i'm i'm pretty agnostic on on getting a new coach i mean i have no say whatsoever but getting a new coach will not make me excited cuz i don't know man there's there's a whole lot going on man what's your quick thoughts on on coaching and 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 what do you think will happen or should happen or mainer status man i i think you hit the nail on the head when you said that you were pretty agnostic with uh how the athletic director of the athletic department approaches this situation um i did see uh mainers winston-salem programs and i know um i actually had a cousin who actually played on one of his teams and the way that he described it was that mainer was fully engaged mainer knew Mainer and the players knew exactly what how they wanted to attack, you know, their opponents. You know, they knew the plays they wanted to do, and it worked like fine wine. And so when I see the program here at Hampton, you know, my thing is this is not what I saw at Winston-Salem State. And what I think is that this probably is something, I would say, deeper than what Maynard has the capacity for. And what that is, I would say, is probably a function of, I mean, outside forces or forces within the athletic department that, you know, possibly hinder him from actually achieving exactly what he needs to achieve. Um, I will say this, too. Uh, um, He is not without fault. You know, some of his in-game coaching decisions were... I would say pretty horrible. Um, as we know, last year he ran that uh, that wide receiver pass or <laughs> wide receiver halfback pass, uh, option pass, whatever it is, at nauseum. And it always resulted in an interception, an interception return for a touchdown. You know, these type of plays, you know, were, were just indicative of, I think, um, his coat, you know, how he uh, approached the game. But I will just say this, too. I don't think the university should move on from um, Connell Maynard. And the reason why I say this is because I think that um, when if you just continue just to have a coaching carousel, then your program just looks like an open door program just for coaches. And if you look at the success of Joyner and David Six and um other the other coaches that we've had um, track and track coaches the track coach Maurice Pierce yes the they actually gave him time to actually build the program and same way with Joiner because at one point Joiner was you know not everybody's darling and then he proved it wrong he not only won the MEAC prediction on uh, preseason prediction he won the he won the MEAC he took the team he won the tourney then he won a game in the tourney and that was when Every, everybody was against them. And so now, so I think that Hampton, I think Maynard definitely needs some support. I'm talking about serious support, you know. And I do think a lot of our alumni needs to get off this hole. We had a great in Joe Taylor days because Joe Taylor is not going to come and walk through those doors again. You know, he won his five MEAC titles. He won his HBCU championships. And to be honest, Joe Taylor got chased out of here too. So... A lot of this has to, 
it's just like what Rick Ross says. It's deeper than rap. So for Connell Maynard, it's deeper than coaching. And I'm going to just lay it at that. Yep, no doubt. So I, I agree. I mean, like, it's, yeah, I just want to reiterate what you said. Like, he's definitely not without blame. Like, he don't have a long snapper. <laughs> he don't have a punter. Uh, or he chased, off the long, he chased off the long snapper. The punter graduated. The All-American punter graduated. And a quarterback that we all liked, you know, failed to, um, failed to stay eligible. And, you know, he just made some, I would say, some questionable recruiting hires with bringing in some kids who weren't academically sound or mature. Right, right. But besides okay. that, though, I, I love the way that he calls a game. I just think that he just does not have the personnel that he wants to execute. That's all. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, let's see, man. So the whole hey, this 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 game here will 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 won't won't uh, a bad loss will will kind of maybe set things in motion too. The Bison. So we shall see. But they, like you said, it's deeper than rap. There's a lot a lot going on with the program. So, man. So yeah, Pirates are reeling right now. They're struggling three in a row. Uh, bad week with South Carolina State. So let's move on to the MEAC scoreboard. Some close games this weekend. Um, Norfolk State had Howard on the ropes, man. They were up uh, almost uh, what, 24 to 14, I think, heading into the fourth quarter. But they ended up losing 28-24 to Howard. Um, Norfolk State had over 400 yards of offense, but they just could not stop uh Philly and um, and Newton man, um, so they lost that game. Howard uh, is doing well right now. Savannah State lost to A and T, um, but Don Cookman beat North Carolina Central. They won on a hail mary. Uh, that was a pretty cool uh, ending to that game. And then Morgan State had a look like they had an entertaining game. At least they beat Delaware State thirty three to thirty. Uh, any of these games stand out to you, Hampton Knight? Um, well, I did uh, catch the Norfolk State and Howard game, and oh, you saw I, that one? Yeah, I okay. um, I, I mean, I didn't catch all of it, but mm-hmm. um, it was just that one of those. <laughs> I was actually across the street at Sankofa, and I just happened to just walk. I mean, walk across the street to the game, paid my little ten, just you know, caught what I could catch, mm-hmm. and. I will just say this, though. Um, oh, God. Howard, you know, they that was an ugly game for them because, you know, they kind of came out a little lethargic. Norfolk State came out a little bit energetic. They did everything that they needed to do. I just think that when it came crunch time, Phil Yaw with the 193 yards, and, oh, God, man. He, man, he, I mean, he is a one of the best backs we've seen in a while. And Norfolk State just did not have a answer for him. And then, of course, when it came to time, Newton, you know, he delivered, you know. He is, and I think a lot of things that, you know, we talk about is that, you know, of course he's a good runner, you know, he has a pretty decent arm, but he can move left and right easy. He sized up a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, Norfolk State rushers, you know, just completed like I would say a a five yard drag route on, you know, you know, in in step. And then when you can do that, you know, you get a lot of uh, run after catch yards. And literally, that's what that's what set him apart, you know, from that game. And that last drive he had was, I would say, it's pretty good. It reminded me of the the kid they had before. I think uh, the Greg kid. I forgot his name. Greg McCoy, I think. You know, that, yeah, I mean, yeah, he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. He was he was very good, and you know, it was a heartbreaker for Norfolk State. But um, you know, they were definitely in it, and they were they were poised to win the game. And as far as like the rest of the games, um, uh, the hail mary to beat uh, North Carolina Central, you know that I, that definitely was a heartbreaker for uh, uh, for Central, and. You know, it just kind of proved that Bethune, you know, wasn't as bad as we thought they were. You know, we uh, kind of wrote them off at the beginning of the year and they actually have come back to surprise us. And, you know, we took them down to the last minute and we took Central down to the last minute. And you see those two took each other down to the last minute as well. You know, so it kind of shows me that, you know, we are close to those programs. And I just think that. 
you know, the future does look good for both of those programs going forward. And as far as the rest of the um, teams, everything was pretty much as expected. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. So good week, man. Good week for the MIAC. Um, we can jump into the standings here. A&T is by far and away the best team in the conference. They are 7-0. and And from what I've seen from them this year, man, they're so dominant this year. I think if they played like 90, 100 games against the MEAC this year, I think they win like 95 of them. Um, they, they just don't seem to have – they just seem to have a handle on things and, and they can win. But that being said – you know, they're coming up against their rivals this week, their kryptonite, but they are by far and away the best team I've seen. I mean, they're leading the conference in scoring. Um, they have have two hundred. They've scored 240 points in the conference. The next is 217 with Howard. And then after that, it's 169 at Florida A&M. So the offense is by far and away the best. And then the defense, they're giving up 91 points all year to MEAC teams. The next closest team would be Central. So, I mean, they're the most dominant team. So, yeah, they're nice. And then Howard is at 6-1. and one. Definite surprise team of the MEAC. And then Bethune-Cookman's at 5-2. and two. Um, So, the way it's looking, man, playoffs, North Carolina T, they're A&T, they're shooing for the Celebration Bowl. So, they've got that nod. And then Howard may be eligible for a playoff win, but the more I look at their schedule, I'm not sure if they'd be eligible. They'd have to really beat the brakes off of us to to get in that large bid. They'll be helped by their UNLV loss, but that uh, Richmond loss probably canceled that out. So they probably got to beat the brakes off of us to uh, have a shot at the playoffs. Speaking of that, speaking mm-hmm. of that, um, I don't know if you noticed on Twitter, Jay Walker and a guy who I think does a Sagarin's ratings uh, got into a big tit for tat on, you know, how we're getting in that large bit. If I, I'm actually looking for it now, if I can find it, you know, I'll po- I would say it, but I can't find it. But I did see it earlier. And the guy said that Howard was ranked, I think, 94th and, you know. Uh, rankings as far as like getting an at-large at-large playoff bid, and it was very inconceivable, or matter of fact, impossible for them to actually get a playoff at-large bid. And so then Jay Walker came back. Well, they beat UNLV, and you know UNLV—that's a big cachet. But the fact is, you're right; they did lose to Richmond, and. I do think that, and plus Howard is, I mean, they're a new Jack, you know, this is not, I mean, you do kind of have to have some skin in the game. And right now they have, they're actually are, <laughs> how should I say? They are not, their uh, name recognition as far as like sports is concerned, as far as in football, you know, it's not enough, you know, equity into that. So, you know, you're not going to get the benefit of just saying that, you know, in the eyes of, I would say, a uh, person that picks uh, um, games for, for an FCS uh, playoff, you know, you don't have the cachet as of right now. You don't have the equity. So, you know, you're not going to get that large spot just to get blown out. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I'm just being hopeful, hoping that, you know, I would love to see Howard, any, any MEAC team, try and get a shot at the playoffs. But as I was looking at, Howard's stats and their schedule uh, just preparing for this game I was like nah man whoever they whoever they go up against in the playoffs is because is gonna beat the brakes off of them um, because their their defense and their special teams um, you can't just win Newton he's dynamic enough to, to, to keep him in it but the rest man we, we've seen how our teams get dissected in the playoffs if you're if you're not a complete team, so that would hurt them. So uh, that's that's interesting. So they just playing for pride here, but you never know, man. You never know. Maybe they can use that Howard name to get some some recognition there in, in the playoffs. So interesting there, man. So let's go to the final week of the Miac football regular season. Um, Delaware State is at Florida State. Who who scheduled that? <laughs> well, I mean, hey, they need that. They need that check. So you know, that's, that's, that's one hell of a way to end the season, though. Uh, you know what, man? I, honestly, man, I would. 
I would want to do something like that, you know. I mean, I, I mean, I was, as long as I come out healthy, I'm cool with that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, man. So they they are at Florida State. Then we got Norfolk State at Morgan State. Central at A and T. That's always a big game. Um, that's gonna be nice. Um, and then we got South Carolina State at Savannah State. Uh, that'll be interesting. That's not a, a lock there for South Carolina State to win. And then we got Florida A and M at Bethune Cookman. So in uh, the Florida Cat Florida Classic. So that'll be good. Uh, Two games here, three games are actually on the, are televised. A and T and Central that's televised. ESPN three and then the Bethune Florida and that'll also be televised, so you can watch some uh, Miak football this weekend. Any of these games stand out to you besides ours? <laughs> um, I will say, of course, the Aggie Aggie Bulldog Classic. I mean, the Aggie. Oh, I'm sorry, the Aggie Eagle Classic. Of course, you know. Because remember that big fight that broke out years ago. So you already know that um, it's always, you know, I consider that that's a blood feud almost, you know. A&T and Central, yeah. You know, even though I would say even A&T and Winston-Salem State, you know, that's not, there's no love lost between those two. Of course, you know, there's FAMU and Bethune-Cookman. You know, that will always be a big Florida, uh, a, a big classic within Florida. So, you know, I would say that those are pretty much, you know, the games that I would look forward to. And is this Savannah State's last year in the MEAC? Or, I, th- you know? I think so. I, I never heard anything official, but I think so. So they about to get steamrolled on their last game at home against <laughs> South Carolina State. No, you know, they might go out fighting. You know, this coach has shown enough uh, strength to and fortitude to you know, lead this program. But I don't know. I mean, are those guys going to be there just to play in the SIAC next year? Heck no. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure that they'll probably, I know that the head coach has probably, you know, already got his resume out there. And I would too. You know, the fact is I came down there to play a Division I program and you want to move back to Division II. You know, that wouldn't sit right with me at all. So, yeah. Mm. Yep. So we had interesting games uh, for the MEAC this week. So now, man, let's get into the Howard game, the battle of the real HU. Uh, Hampton versus Howard. Um, let's see. So there's a lot to talk about here. Um, first thing, though, I would like to talk about the prime uh, smack that Howard likes to talk about Hampton, and that's calling us Hampton Institute. Uh, personally... I, I, that's not a, I'm, that's not offensive. Like, I, I don't find that to be smack talk, actually. It's part of the heritage of the university. Everybody had to start somewhere. Um, we were an institute for quite some time, but even as an institute, Hampton had uh, respect and cachet as an institution of higher learning. So uh, as an institute, we were fine. Um, and, and there is no uh, uh, shame in being an institute um, but we should also know about Howard's initial name as well, and that was Howard Normal and Theological School for the Education of Teachers and Preachers. So oh. <laughs> there's no shame in that either. So y'all just got uh, 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 institutionalized a little bit sooner than we did, but there's no shame in being either uh, institution there. So got to pick some new snack, new smack, Howard. There's a lot of prime targets there. A lot of things we can be smacked on, but the name is not one that that resonates with the university, so or the students, or the alumni. So, um, <laughs> what's up with that hip tonight, man? Well, I would just say this: this is for Bison for Life, B4L, Raw, uh, Scherzoff, you know, Buffalo Soldier, you know, K Smith, all of you guys, you know. And I want you to hear me, hear me, hear me clearly, just like what Brother Tariq said. He said flat, flat out that it was Howard. <laughs> normal and theological school for education of teachers and preachers and we were just hampton institute that's just two names y'all got one two three four five six seven names you know seriously and then at the same time you know you're named after a person oliver c howard and wasn't he like a confederate uh general or something <laughs> yeah and so no so i'm just gonna say this too if I had a degree that every time that I looked down at it and I saw a name of a Confederate general, you know, 
Astros Tim's looking back at me, smiling, said, "Hey, I educated you, son." <laughs> and my, and, and you know what? And not to throw shade, my grandfather got his medical uh, license and his degree from Howard uh, Medical. So, and my mom was born at that hospital. But at the same time, though, hey, they <laughs> every time he looks at every time he looked at that uh, that certificate and his ND. It had a name of a Confederate general on it. And I will just say this, too. Lastly, you know, since, you know, I'm always over there. You know, I live over there. Well, you, you know, that, those are the sirens going right probably to the campus now. <laughs> oh, thank you. You hear that. Exactly. Because <laughs> Howard, Howard General is right here. And hold on. My, my wife is stopping. Stop the hate. Stop the hate. You hear? This is my wife. Get out of here. Wait, who stopped hating who? Stop the hate. (laughs) Get out of here. Get out of here. All right. Anyway, anyway, I'm going to just say this too. Okay. And I'm going to end it here. And this is for all you bisons out there, right? There's, you know, if you go, if you stroll around, you know, the northern part of Georgia Avenue, you know, you see, uh, like all of these businesses around Howard. You know, there's a Chinese store, Chinese restaurant called Howard China. You know, it is the most raggediest place on. Like, I would not, I mean, I cannot imagine Hampton, you know, a, a, I would say an establishment, you know, saying Hampton China, and there's feeding me non-nutritious food, you know? Yeah, they, they got good mambo sauce, though. Yeah, of course they got good mambo sauce. And you know what? I don't even think those chicken wings are really wings, you know? They feel like rat wings, so I'm just playing, but I'm just saying, though. But let, let me say this, too. When you are what you eat, so if you're eating that Howard China or that other little establishment across the street that used to have those Subway sandwiches that's not there anymore, then, you know, you're going to speak what... I'm I'm done. But anyway... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I just will not imagine, you know, any of these, uh, I would say, less than stellar businesses trying to attach their name to our university because I don't think Harvey would not allow that because Hampton is a brand and when you have a brand and you must protect the brand you should not let anybody you know try and I would say uh, use it to their advantage and uh, Howard oof, that's just something that you can learn and we can help you with that so that's a smart move though I mean everybody likes chicken I mean, but I don't think it's chicken. I just think it's just non-nutritious food. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and um, and I know uh, B4L was talking about the fact that we always talk about their stadium. And uh, we saw, I saw a, a, a sale of spider bags and pink tops there. <laughs> I mean, no, I would say, I don't think it happened on the stadium grounds. But, you know, if you go in, an, uh, I think it's the north end zone, you know, there are some vacants there. You know, you can see the vacants from the stadium. And I'm sure that one of them is probably either a stash house in there or, you know, probably a house that you could just use for, you know, illicit purposes. That that could be the locker room, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, you know, we haven't even seen the locker room goes under that. You know, they have a tunnel for that locker room. (laughs) You know, that is the most bootleg thing I have seen. You know, I mean, they have a tunnel that goes under... I mean, uh, I mean, it's just poorly conceived. And yes, we're laughing at you guys. You know, you guys got the nerve to call us a name institute. I would rather be the institute than Howard Normal Theological School for Education that teaches and preaches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's let's retire that name, Smack. I mean, I don't think any either one of us had either school has anything to gain from that name smack but you know from the smack as as your wife says let's let's stop the hate let's move on to the actual game right so <laughs> I, think, I think you need to tell howard to stop that because you know oh that's true that. man that's true because you, you know half the people really do not care about this type of stuff except for them you know they, they want to hold on to this real hu i mean we could really call them h-n-t-s-e-t-p school <laughs> You know, I mean, we could do that if we want to, but you don't see us doing that because we're mature. Hey, and the hate is real, man. I mean, I don't know where it comes from, but 
I mean, I, I I meet somebody from Howard, and it's like, mm. it's never like, hey, what's up, brother? Hey, what's up, sister? It's like, mm. it's just like a, it's like they have exactly. to recoil. I'm like, damn, where'd that come from? You know, it's it, it exactly. is it is amazing. So exactly, like we meet Norfolk State, you know, alums and friends. It's almost like, hey, you know, it's like barbecue time. He's like, to me, they are more our family. Norfolk State is our family because they're they're close to us. They go to our church. They go to our mosque. You know, they live our next door neighbors. Where Howard is like that coworker that that wants your job, man. You know, it's just <laughs> hate everything that you do. It's just like, oh, just go somewhere. What, what what did Dave Chappelle say? Hate, 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 hate. <laughs> exactly. I, they, I don't I know mean, where it comes from, but we should end yeah, it. I mean, we do need yeah. to stick together. I mean, they're, they're a shoot-in for the hater of the year, man. <laughs> you know, just like what he said. They call uh, that hater who called in a bomb threat to the Special Olympics, man. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's, that, that's how deep it is how how they are you know if hampton did something nice ah 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 you don't ever see hampton hating on anything that howard does nice never yeah yeah man it, it, it's real the hate is real so <laughs> and you know what i'm happy to see them win so we could talk about this new game i'm happy that to see that their program is turning around Good. Yeah. I mean, it's what, just... what were we saying last year, man? We were saying that the MEAC needs a strong Howard. I yes. mean, they're the biggest media you know, market the MEAC has. They got the name yes. recognition. I mean, it, it'll be great for black people. As black Howard goes as black people goes. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think I think that would be good for good for the people if Howard is, is winning. Just not against us, man. So <laughs> let's 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 talk about what's happening this year to the Bison, okay. man. So the program has been turned around by uh Mike London. I mean nobody thought maybe he thought that it would turn around this quickly, but I don't think anybody uh thought this would happen. Not even a bison. This is the bison that I know. Um, we're expecting this sort of turnaround this quickly, but he's done it, man. He's done a masterful job of adding uh, structure and belief uh, to the athletes there at Howard. Um, and the cool part around, about it, though, London is proving that you can turn around a program without facilities, without support, and without a winning pedigree. So it's like the force of his personality has seemed to have turned Howard around when nobody thought he could, not even a bison. I mean, remember all that talk? We're academic school. We don't worry about winning football games. Well, no, it, it can be done. I mean, you know, he's he's uh, got players to come to Howard and he's inspired them to pl- inspiring them to play in basically a, a bando, which is um, Green Stadium. Um, so you don't need to have tip-top things, tip-top uh, facilities or anything to attract folks, and he's done a massive job at Howard, if he can get them to spend some money and actually, um, you know, make it a more attractive place, um, man, that they'll be on fire. Then they'll probably leave. But um, I think he's definitely a, a coach of the year candidate. Um, he won't win unless Broad, Broadway finds a way to slip up against uh, Central. But it's hard to go undefeated. But I think he's, you know, London's been great. And um, that find of Cam Newton, I mean, he's he's dynamic. You know, he's. Uh, Probably the most exciting offensive player in the league this year as a freshman. And uh, he's in, in consideration for the freshman national player of the year. So they've got an and Philia, who's my favorite back in the league. Um, so um, it's impressive what they got going on there offensively, man. Any other uh, platitudes for Howard? And after we spent some time smacking them, man, are, are you impressed with what they're doing up there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I and I remember that I told you this summer when I uh, was leaving uh, Joe's Barbershop, you know, I just happened to, I just, I heard the uh, players across, you know, at the, uh, I'm practicing, and I just happened to go over there, and what I saw immediately just by the practice, and because I saw uh, uh, the previous head, head coach's practice, and I would say that was more, the previous head coach's practice was a little bit, you know, laissez-faire, whereas uh, Mike London's practice felt like a, a pro, I mean, an NFL practice, you know. Those, I mean, they were the players were going from station to station to station, and there was no lag time. You know, it was move, 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 do your drills, move to the next station, do your drills, move to the next station. And what I saw was uh, 
he was extreme. It was extremely organized and it was extremely, I would say, diligent. And I knew immediately that, oh, my God, this is not how this is not the same Howard program that I'm used to. And so I kind of had an idea that they were going to be a little bit different this year Um, from what we see now. You know, (laughs) that was something, you know, I think that it caught everybody off guard. And it just goes to show you that, you know. Uh, the previous head coach recruited some outstanding talent. You know, we already knew about Phil, y'all. We had an idea that Newton would would be something, but they are playing at a level. I think that you know we can. Um, very few MEAC programs has matched this year, so I think that um, London has. You know, he's recruited um, kids who who who've looked at the facilities and just said, "Who cares? I just want to play at a a very good um, educational institution." And you know, I do think he will be a thorn in the side of many opposing teams in the MEAC. Uh, I would say in the next uh, uh, couple years, how however long he's there, and we just got to get used to it. You know, Howard is in a great uh, metropolis and. Um, their fans need to show up more, you know, and I think that there will be a lot of excitement in this program in the near future. Yep, no doubt. That was very nice. Very nice, Hampton Knight. Um, <laughs> so what else can we say about Howard here? Um, their record, they're 7-3 and three overall, 6-1 and one in the conference. They're on a five-game winning streak. Open the season with that big win at UNLV. Uh, 43 to 40 and then next week they uh, took uh, Kent State to the wire lost that game 31 to 38 then they got thumped uh, by Richmond Uh, I think they were number six at the time uh, 68 to 21 and after that man they've been um, uh, had some some blowouts and some some close games through the MEAC but uh, they they won all the games except their loss to Central 17 no 13 to 7 um, so they, they're hot, man. Um, they, like you said earlier, they, uh, beat Norfolk state in the fourth quarter, basically, um, and, and pulled out that W. So they're playing well. Hampton has to show up actually and, and try and represent, uh, for this game because we've been talking about the, the, uh, attendance at the Hampton games. It's been paltry, man. It's been pretty poor actually, especially in the reserve section. So, uh, I've heard a lot of Howard folks are talking about making this trip. So Hampton, if you listen to man, show up. <laughs> don't, don't let this be a repeat of Central and let their fans outnumber uh, our fans at this game. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who shows up. So what does Howard do well? They, their offense is nice. Um, their second in scoring offense, first in total offense, first in rushing offense with Filial and Newton, and second in passing offense. Uh, what do they do poorly? Defense and special teams. Um, so, you know, we can make some hay there and uh, kind of even the score. Um, and any, what, what else do you, well, you saw Howard play, man. What else did you see about them and, and what should we be concerned about here? Well, I would say that um, definitely, you know, <laughs> well, we already know about their, um, their rushing, of course, with uh, Phil Yaw and Newton. But another thing is Cam Newton, I'm not Cam, I'm, we, we should not call him Cam. Kalen Newton. That's right. Is, hey, mean, he don't like that, man. He don't like being called Cam's little brother. Nothing like that, man. So. No, I agree. You know, yeah. don't do not do that. And yeah. I would say from what I've seen is that this kid, you know, he, he, if he gets out of the pocket on he will hurt you. And I don't think that was uh, – I think a lot of times, you know, I guess the – preferred method to stop a quarterback like that is to, you know, put a spy on him. And it did not work for Norfolk State. And it definitely didn't work for um, South Carolina State. So I think for how you attack him is, and I think uh, what Norfolk um, what Norfolk State did once they switched it up worked um, pretty well. They basically just had um, made him sack back there and threw, throw the ball. And so he literally had to throw through uh, zones, and he was pretty successful at it. And I do think that a lot of times when they got tired of running those zones, they threw, they ran a lot of like, like draw plays or misdirection plays, and you know it totally confused Norfolk State. And so I will just say that um, 
another good thing that they do is that they actually, you know, play well on momentum. So if they get a turnover, then, you know, you're they're going to score, you know. They have, you know, they feed off of uh, uh, turnovers. So that's another thing that Hampton needs to not do, turn the ball over. Because once you give Newton an opportunity to actually, you know, if you give him an opportunity where there there's short field, you know, you know, Phil Yaw is going to run you to death, and he's a big dude. So they are really good in the red zone, and they're really good off of turnovers. Mm, very nice, which is kind of scary. So <laughs> especially given how we've been playing. So, man, Hampton wins this game if uh, they got to show some heart. Um, last couple games, man, they came out flat. And uh, could not recover. Uh, they tried to make a game of like the Central game and the uh, South Carolina State game, but wasn't. I mean the um, uh, Bethune Cookman game, but it wasn't enough. South Carolina State said, "Nah, man, they just shut them down." So, gotta come out fast, show some heart, show some pride, and um, run the ball, man. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we talked about uh, Williamson last year, Manor last week, and Maynard saying that he had the run-pass options. I mean, the defense must be baiting him into passing the ball because um, I, I cannot imagine that they're just telling him to pass this much or have the ball this much in his hands. So no matter what, man, get him some opportunities to hand the ball off. The best players on offense are the two running backs. So run the ball, keep Kalen on the sidelines, keep Philly all on the sidelines and wear down that defense, and then we might have an opportunity. Other than that, man, I don't see it. I mean, special teams is going to screw up. They're going to cost points. And uh, so they got to, like, make up for that with keeping Howard on the bench, man. It, it, any other keys to victory here, man? I don't I don't see any others. <laughs> no, no, to be honest, you know, I'm totally pessimistic on this. And I hopefully, if you're listening, players, my pessimism should be your fuel because <laughs> I don't believe you guys can do it, to be honest. And um, I'm just going to say this, too. They did show heart against um, Central Bethune. You know, they showed a lot of heart. And I do think that um, we, we need this for this next game, you know. I mean, for some, for the seniors out there, you know, this is it. You got to do it. You, you know, you don't want to go out with an L. And you want to go out with a winning record, 6-5, and five, rather than 5-6. and six. So I will. I do agree that running the ball is um, is probably the best solution because, you know, their defense is terrible. Mm-hmm. Their special teams is like ours. So I do think that if it became a a you know battle of bad defense and bad special teams, then it just comes down to both offenses. I would say Kalen Newton and Anthony Filia are a very good one-two punch. But I will say this too, on our side. We have Shai McKenzie and Yaki Johnson. They are an excellent one-two punch as well. And I think that uh, if we utilize them well enough, then we can actually tire them down and win. But it's a big if, and I just uh, I just don't want to lose this game. You know, I mean, it would be a great year if we beat Norfolk State and Howard at the same time, something I we have not done, I don't think, in what, um, it's been over 10 years almost. Gee, yeah. that long? Wow. I, yeah, it's it's been a it's been it's been a long time since you know we've actually won both games, and I I remembered a lot of the uh, towards the end of Rose's tenure we consistently lost to Howard and we would you know be off and on with uh, Norfolk State, but um, it's been very few of it. It's been very uh, seldom that we've actually beat them both, but I do think that we both we do need to run the ball. All the time, you know, we need at least uh, the offensive line really needs to open up some holes. And so so we can actually just tire them down. And so just kind of keep uh, Kalen and, of course, Anthony fill y'all off of, uh, um, you know, keep their timing off. That's that's how we win. You know, defense has to play lights out and do everything they can. We're probably going to get a muff punt or, uh, <laughs> or or a long snap over the head of, of uh, I don't know, the, Hunter, whoever that kid is. It's guaranteed. 
Yeah, it's going to happen. And, you know, we're going to give up 10 points based upon special team blunders and possibly another three points based upon a, a pick a pick that Delman is going to throw. But <laughs> if we just if we know we're going to give up that 13, then that means we only should give up another seven or after that. And that should be the key. So, you know, I just, you know, we win if we play a perfect game, which we haven't done, I don't think, in forever. Yep, yep, that's right, man. That sounds right to me. So we shall see. Uh, go Pirates down there to, against Howard. So <laughs> uh, if it's if it's a respectable game, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But uh, let's end on some other news, man. So the Pirates men's basketball, we talked about the ladies, but the men – um, they lost their opener at Ryder. Um, Ryder was hot, and they got some home cooking from the refs, and they got that victory on opening night. I uh, saw some interesting things from the Pirates. They do need some better point guard play. I mean, Merrill looked very good uh, in that game, but uh, once he went off the, the court um, or, or had to slide away from the point, things got a little bit dicey. So I know we got some some uh, uh, some new uh folks coming in towards the end of the year and early next year to help sure up that point guard spot. But um, um, interesting uh, loss to Ryder there. So we need some help with the point guard. But they, they look good. They look athletic, a little bit skinny. Um, but I think they'll be fine uh, in, in conference play. Um, and you saw that the, the the last game they played, right? Who was that against? Bloomfield or some yeah. school? Yeah, Bloomfield State. Um, okay. You know, they're <laughs> – no, Bloomfield College, I um, – I uh my mistake. Yeah, they're uh a college I think from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And um to be honest, uh the very first half, you know, was a very poorly played half. You know, they actually led us by three. And then of course Hampton, you know, went on like I would say, I think like a twenty a twenty to two run to, you know, um close out the game. But, you know, you can't play down to a division two school or let a division two school uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, take a lead at uh, the half, you know. So and that's just kind of like I know it's early, it's gen- um, it's jitters, but you have to, you know, you have to um, you have to stomp on you know people from time to time. So um, I do think that uh, we are going to see some really good players that come into the program. Um, of course, we have uh, I would say a very uh, talented uh, bench right now. With uh, of course with. You know Jermaine Marrow, and then you got Trevon Barnes. You know, I mean, he he's 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 legit. He has legit size, and of course, you know, we got Astroth, and you know, Kalen Fisher. You know, uh, you know that <laughs> that guy is great. And, um, and then we got two guards coming in. Uh, we have uh, uh, Malik Trent coming in, and we have uh, Jaquan Carlisle. You know, who's coming off an injury. So we do have some players. I think that will be there. I think at the second half of the season so you know it's just not our biggest concern is making sure that everybody's happy and getting the ball and that the ball is moving you know the way it should be yeah yeah it's going to take some time to work that out i mean they're legitimately 11 guys who could really get some significant playing time this year especially once they get the full roster so so, uh, we'll see how joiner manages that so it'll, it'll be interesting um and so lastly, man, quick shout out. Um uh like to give a shout out to Kaepernick for winning what's that GQ Citizen of the Year. Uh, I think you, did you see the cover, man, with, with him in the fro and, and the black leather jacket? Yeah, I did see the cover. You know, I was really impressed with it. Um <laughs> I do think that um um I do like um brother Colin Kaepernick. You know, I mean I think he actually is one of very few players who actually put his who actually put it on the line for a lot of people. You know, he sacrificed. And a lot of our players, you know, a lot of these NFL players, you know, I know it's tough, you know, to give up your salary, your livelihood, you know, just to make a statement. But um, I do think that um, he falls in the line of a lot of, uh, you know, extraordinary athletes who who spoke, you know, spoke their mind and did what, what um, needed to be done. You know, of course, there's Bill Russell, Ali, of course, you know, Jim Brown, you know, even though he likes to, you know, he had that meeting with Trump. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, um, I do think that uh, 
he, you know, I mean, I do, I, I, I applaud everything that he's done, but I will also say this too, that, um, it's a, it's a shame that, you know, he is not in the, uh, you, you don't see him, um, on an NFL roster, you know, and I know some of these kids, you know, who are actually on rosters, you know, I'm not going to say they're not deserving, but they're clearly, <laughs> clearly not in his league. Guy who took someone a team to a Super Bowl. But, you know, to be honest, you know, I just know that these owners, and if I had to think about it, you know, from their perspective, you know, there are a lot of fans out there, you know, who abhor, you know, Colin Kaepernick. And they run the risk of alienating a huge swath of fans out there, you know, who think that this young man is like desecrating you know their all-time passion for this country when and absolutely all he's doing is is relaying his concerns and his love for you know all people that and he wants to put that he wants to put that uh thought out there for everyone and then for a lot of our players who are actually kneeling down you know a lot of these um a lot of i guess the vitriol that's aimed at them is like they're spoiled rich athletes you know they're doing it because a lot of them come from those environments where they've seen that stuff and a lot of them have family members and friends who are still going through issues so they're doing it on the behalf of other people and you know, it takes a lot of guts to do that because they face, you know, losing sponsorships. They face losing their jobs. You know, they face a lot of things. And I think a lot of the times we don't applaud them for it. Yep, no doubt. So along those lines, like we had talked about, you know, boycotting or not watching NFL this year due to Kaepernick and, and all the other residual uh, issues. So how has your fandom been this year, man? Like I, I can say... Uh, I've watched a total of 10 minutes of the NFL this year. And actually, yeah. I, I don't miss it. And when I've tried to actually sit down and watch it, I just can't do it. I, I can't I can't do it. So I, I think uh, I, I don't know what's going to take to have me to come back. Um, but but, you know, I'm, I'm pre- I've been done with it this year, man. How about you? Well, um, I would just say this, you know, I. the biggest thing for me was I used to have that red zone package and I used to watch it, you know, just sit there, um, grab a brew and just watch the game. And for this year, you know, I, I am an Atlanta Falcon because that's the team that I root for. And I probably have not seen them play more than a quarter. You know, I think this last week, you know, they played uh, the Cowboys and that was a nationally televised game. And that was the first game that I actually watched uh, watched them play, and I even watched the whole game. So there is an element of me that does not watch as much NFL. You know, I I, I say my consumption is down probably I would say sixty five percent, and um, I I mean I'm just not. I mean I have other uh, um, other things to do, but I do think that a lot of times that. Our players, you know, not the one to support our players because, you know, these are the uh, guy, um, you know, we, we support them. But at the same time, no, a lot of the times is that when these players are kneeling or when they have something to say, it's like you stay in your place. And, you know, people are not going to stay in their place anymore. You know, I mean, that has been going on since this country's um, inception, you know. The very first man who laid down his life for a freedom he never enjoyed was named by Crispus Attucks. You know, that was a black man. So, no, we're going to kneel or do whatever and say whatever is needed to be said. And that's it. Yep, no doubt. I mean, I think, you know, the NFL, they just can't get a handle on this thing, right? I mean, no. Goodell comes out. Our fans want want them to stand like which fans like you know y'all they're, they're speaking as you know yeah. quite honestly a lot of black fans don't exist nobody gives a crap about you know you know what the the concerns of of the black fan 
Um, Absolutely. That, you know, so, all right, fine. Have it. Have it. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah. And and they, you know, and they married themselves to this when they had the, when they, when they made these military uh, flyovers, you know, in stadiums and this pomp and circumstance. Do you know in other countries they don't even play the national anthem? No, you know, right. just, or a hundred yard uh, flags, a hundred yeah, <laughs> flags that you know, cover the whole field. You know, so Come on, like, man. When you do these type of things, you set yourself up for you know for you know people to think this way, you know. And to be honest, the high school I went to, there was a pledge of allegiance every day in my uh, in my school. Nobody stood for it, you know, right. and. It wasn't ever disrespect to soldiers, you know, because a lot of people think that we um, do this to disrespect soldiers. No, that's not disrespecting the soldiers. You know, these men, you know, these men do some of the hardest things that, you know, anybody could ever fathom. It has nothing to do with that. But I will just say this, though, you know, I mean, had they even thought about singing, you know, the black national anthem, you know, lift every voice and sing there, you know. Hell, I some mean, of us don't even sing that song, so I... <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'll stand for that, you know. Right. But, yep. but you know, if I think if I think about it, if I'm at a game and I have my child, of course I'm standing because, you know, my child is there. But if it's just me and I know, <laughs> I wish somebody would pour some... Pour some uh, Beer on me like they did at the other uh, the Lakers game. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. We don't want to see that, man. Uh, we don't want to see you get angry. Oh, <laughs> uh, cool, man. Well, hey, thanks for a good show, man. Um, next week is Thanksgiving week, so we'll see if we'll be back. But uh, go Pirates! Absolutely. Oh, um, I would never say that word Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, the holidays are here next week. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Go. All right, man. Go Pirates. Go Pirates.